Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays, combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DRAFTKINGSBBN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DraftKingsBBN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And welcome to a playoff preview edition of Dishes and Dimes, brought to you by Basketball News. My name is Iman, and let me tell you what we have in store for you this week. We will be talking to experts covering each playoff team to give you the ultimate playoff preview. If you're interested in learning more about Jazz versus Mavs, we've got that for you. Sixers versus the Raptors, of course we got you covered. We're doing it for all eight playoff teams in both conferences. Don't forget to check us out, like, rate, and subscribe. Thanks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Dishes and Dimes brought to you by Basketball News. My name is Iman, and I am joined by the uh, king of, of, of hoop spaces, the, the, the king of basketball talk on Twitter right now. Chris, Chris, how are you? All right, I'm I'm doing great. Thanks for having <laughs> me. I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, the Dishes and Dimes pod. Uh, I, I actually have it in my regular rotation. I want to give a shout out to Katie. Uh, great talk last pod on uh, Trey Young, uh, and I agree 100. Um, I don't know if I'm the king of of basketball talk on Twitter, but I thank you I'm for the agree. kind words. I'm Yuna Crown, you as the king of basketball talk on, on Twitter. Um, my introduction's not as not as great as, as yours when, <laughs> when I get up there, but um, I appreciate you. And, and I I want to say, uh, the reason why I called you the king of basketball Twitter is because I think that um, 
oftentimes on on Twitter, the basketball discourse can take a left turn and get into things that don't make sense. Sometimes you turn it left because you start bringing up your food uh, <laughs> preferences, <laughs> which we can get into in a little bit. But I think you do a really great job of moderating it. And I think you bring a lot of knowledge on all sports teams. But today we're going to be focusing in on the Philadelphia 76ers, which is Unfortunately, your favorite team, or fortunately, your favorite team, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, <laughs> but myself here as a Raptors fan, I'm going to hope that, uh, you know, these these next few weeks uh, are fun for me more than they are for you. <laughs> well, I, I can I can definitely tell you I'm a self-deprecating uh, 76ers fan. Um, the process really, really took me down a level and I've had to build myself back up slowly. Uh, but But I'm here. Uh, and I can't wait to talk about Glenn River Syndrome uh, and, and what could be uh, a hard series for the 76ers coming up against the Raptors. Glenn Rivers always throws me off anytime I hear that. Um, but uh, I, I also want to just let everybody know, do check out the hoop spaces that happen at 10 a.m. Monday through Sunday, every day of the week, is it? Or Monday through Friday? Oh, it's Monday I don't through wake Friday. Up. I, was gonna, yeah. I don't wake up at, at 10 a.m. on weekends, so I don't know if it's going on uh, Monday, through Monday, Friday. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Uh, <laughs> yeah. for me. But like we have a total of 23 uh, various hoop spaces under the the network we have on Twitter spaces. So generally speaking, um, you'll have it in the afternoon or morning, uh, and then you'll have various team rooms at night. So we've got you covered. If you actually want to talk basketball, you know, find us. It's real easy. It's just hoop spaces. It's really great. And I find the conversations that happen in those spaces are are often really fun. I learn a lot about various teams in there. but let's talk about the, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Toronto Raptors, which will be the 4-5 matchup. Um, it was getting a little shaky there. I thought maybe the Celtics would be coming for that spot, but they decided to pull through. And right now, look to be facing the Nets. Uh, who knows how this game ends? We're recording this during the, the Cavs and Nets game. Um, but I have to ask you, I posted this on Twitter. Despite finishing as the five seed and the Celtics finishing as the two seed, did the Raptors look in to the easier matchup? And that's to say, are the Brooklyn Nets without James Harden a better team than the Philadelphia 76ers are with James Harden? You know, I I saw when you put it up there, um, I quote tweeted that with the, the thinking face emoji, um, I have been fighting this pretty much since I I realized this is what our fate was going to be. Yes. And and part of that is actually Brooklyn's fault and and not anything to do directly uh, with James Harden. And and that is uh, they became cash strapped uh, with max contract value guys. We know who they are. And they didn't have a lot of money to fill in the holes. So they got a lot of veteran types on, on vet minimum contracts. Uh, they did a lot of two day, uh, 10 days, uh, two ways to try to just get bodies in there. And what the trade did was balance out the team. And, and once they became more balanced, they actually became a better team. Um, that, that is a problem for the East because if they do pull through the play-in, they, they are going to be a team, not just two guys with a bunch of, you know, teammates. And, and I think they did well in the trade. 
I definitely agree with you uh, on that there. And I was just looking at it because I, I didn't, I wasn't able to catch today's game. But I think in like after the first half, I looked at it and Kyrie Irving was a perfect 10 for 10. And Kevin Durant was like a nine for 11 or whatever. And I was just like, oh, this team's just stupid. Like, who, like, despite the fact that they are a more well rounded team, of course, giving up one of their larger, uh, contracts and assets for a group of guys, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, uh, who can play meaningful minutes for this team. They still just have two guys who are incredible. Um, and it'll be, it'll be really fun to see what they can do in the playoffs, but enough about them. We'll talk about them tomorrow. Today. I want to focus in on the Philadelphia 76ers and the Toronto Raptors specifically. And I have to start off. We got to talk about it as much as I don't want to at this point anymore. Matisse Bible. he, will not be playing in Canada unless he somehow has gotten a Johnson and Johnson vaccine or the second dose, which is so wild to me that he took the first dose. So he really was always just one dose away (laughs) Um, and did not take the second dose. And so as of right now, from what we know, will not be playing uh, in any of the games that happen in Canada, but will be available for the first two games. So I want to ask you, what do you think his role is going to be knowing that he's a part-time player. You know, the the good thing is, is we're not going to miss the offense, right? The bad news is, is we're going to miss the defense. And, and more specifically, it's going to really stretch out Shake Milton, uh, Firkin Korkmaz, and probably Isaiah Joe. Uh, maybe you throw, I mean, I don't see anybody else getting you know, rotational minutes in the playoffs. So, like, it really makes it difficult. Doc Rivers has a hard job to, to make sure that he's able to curtail the perimeter play, uh, especially if Precious Achua is going to be running up and down and doing five stop-and-pop threes. Um, with that being said, the Sixers should be able to, you know, game plan about it. And if they open up with a victory – in game one and, and follow it up with a victory in game two, then the point ends up being moot because the, that's why we get home court advantage. Um, if, however, Toronto splits, which is what I think can happen, uh, that really is going to put the pressure all on James Harden and all on Joel Embiid. Uh, this is why they made this trade. People want to talk about big threes and trios, but in reality, uh, the most successful teams for championships have a strong duo with a functioning roster behind them. And Joel Embiid and James Harden are supposed to give the 76ers two top 20, 25 players. And that's what you want um, in the playoffs. Tim Duncan said it best, fight to get to 50 games, get home court advantage. You win the first round. After that, you fight for a championship. Uh, this is not going to be an easy matchup. Uh, however, they have, you know, the equalizer. His name's Joel Embiid. Mm. Um, so if if they can control the tempo with Dabble's exit in Toronto, you know, maybe they sneak a game out. Uh, but that's a hard if because Toronto knows what they're doing. Uh, and that defense is nasty in the interior. I did want to ask you, um, I, I saw some some Sixers guys uh, talking about this, the idea of, well, if Ty was only going to be a part-time player in this series, do you just not start him to not mess up with whatever continuity that you have? And do you bring him off the bench in the games that Philadelphia is playing? And I, I think to your point, 
if they win the first two games, it's kind of moot. And maybe that conversation, that talking point is moot. But I did want to still pose the question there. Do you think that that's something that uh, Glenn Rivers there should entertain? You know, I if if it wasn't Danny Green, somebody who's been in the league, you know, 20 years, it seems like, you know, two decades, <laughs> not 20 years. I'm just throwing that out there. Um he he at least knows the, the scheme and the fundamental places where he needs to be. He's a phenomenal uh, communicator. Uh, going back to that's how he got onto the Spurs team uh, is, is is how he spoke defensively. Um, so that part will be good. The issue again comes to be the you know the bench. If you start Danny Green and bring Seibel off the bench, well then you're really relying on George Niang uh, to get you more than nine to eleven points, right? Um, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. (laughs) Sure. I I, I mean, at least, you know, Danny Green can do spot up threes, right? He just went six for seven, uh, closing out the season. But that really works better coming off the bench, I think, uh, because him starting, it's going to put him having to guard OG, switch on Gary Trent, switch on Fred Van Vliet. And and that is not what you want Danny Green to be doing at this point in his career. So you start Thibodeau um, on on the first two games. No no ifs ands or buts. All right, uh, I think so too. That makes sense to me as well. Uh, I did want to sort of pivot to to how the Sixers win. That's kind of the question that Raptor fans are are hoping the answer is well nothing. Uh, or James Harden just showing up, which is something that I don't know that we really feel could happen in this series. Um, <laughs> but before I even get to how can the Sixers win, I did want to ask you specifically about Pascal Siakam um, and how the Sixers can guard him. Because I think containing Pascal Siakam or having someone on him that's not Joel Embiid who may tire out as the series goes on, I can see Joel maybe guarding him in the fourth and closing minutes it's probably going to be Tobias. I feel like that's what your answer is going to be. But I wanted to ask you first, I think in order for the Sixers to win, that's got to be something. Uh, and then we can get into that second part of the question, which is how do they actually win this series? Yeah, I I actually, I think they'll put Tobias on him for the majority. Uh, but if Thibault's starting, um, I could see Thibault being moved off of Fred Van Vliet or Gary Trent. And, and playing heads up on um, Pascal because Pascal in the fourth plays a little bit different. Uh, he plays more face up. Mm-hmm. So I think they might look at that. Um, otherwise, you'd be looking at really trying to game plan to get the help defense uh, towards him, uh, something that Joel Embiid can you know do fairly well. Paul Reed is going to have to do something when he's in. Uh, Will he be in? (laughs) That's a great question. Uh, That's a great question. Um, I think he has to be, and I say this because I don't think DeAndre Jordan can be um, against Pascal Siakam. Um, I just, I, it's not a good matchup, Uh, but Tobias Harris, yes, I, I, I agree. He'll be on in the majority of the game, 20, 25 minutes for sure. Now, Doc Rivers or Glenn Rivers did say that, you know, if they were to face a big team with a traditional center, that that's where they play DeAndre Jordan. And if they were to play a small team, that that's when Paul Reed can get minutes. Now, the Raptors are a small team. But do we trust that Doc Rivers will trust Paul Reed? (laughs) Absolutely not. Uh, We do not. 
Um, we trust we trust Doc Rivers to be Doc Rivers. Uh, <laughs> Doc Rivers has even back in Orlando uh, has been Doc Rivers, and he is a hundred and ten percent players coach. Uh, he is going to just say these guys, you are the guys. I've got you. This is what we need to do. Let's go try to hold accountability. Uh, but in terms of of trust. I don't think he's going to put Paul, uh, you know, B-ball Paul out there, as they call him, on the street. The worst nickname ever. What does it even mean? <laughs> uh, you know what? I think I think you should. There's a Chicago aspect to it, right? Uh, the Paul. Um, I don't know. I don't particularly like it either. <laughs> I just want to see him ball. Uh, but, gosh, it, it puts him in a juxtaposition to, to trust a young player who might not be ready uh, to play a vet and and Pascal's a vet. You can you can yell up and down all you want, argue a wall. He's a champion. Uh, he's been in the league. He's been more specifically in the same developmental system uh, with the same culture around him. Like he's every bit as Toronto as Jimmy Butler is every bit Miami Heat. Um, and and I think he actually, believe it or not, will be the X factor as well. I know we'll get into that later. Uh, but he's he's hot right now, and I, I really like what he does as a mismatch, uh, mismatch problem offensively for the Raptors. It's going to be – that's like I, – I keep going back to the the Sixers 2019 series, and I have to remember this. these are well, both on both sides just completely different teams. Jimmy and, and Ben on the perimeter is just something that's crazy, and I'm just so grateful that the Sixers just don't have that. <laughs> Um, anymore it's great the physicality the strength the size the length that they had to disrupt the Raptors it's it's wild to think that this Raptors team at one point was small compared to another team Uh, and I mean still considering Joel Embiid but it felt like just across the board Um, and and the Raptors have changed a lot since then and Pascal Siakam has just gotten better and and really you know he had he had a lot of trouble going up against Joel at moments. He still had a good, a good series. He was the second best Raptor offensively in that series. All of the other Raptors struggled outside of Kawhi. Um, but, but I'm interested to see how, what he looks like now, because I think he's a completely just better player than he was two or three years ago, whenever that series happened. So it'll be really fun. We'll get into Pascal Siakam and the X factor in just a little bit. So, so how do the Philadelphia 76ers come away with this series? How do they win it? Uh, the the easy thing that they have is Joel Embiid. Uh, mm-hmm. We understand that, right? Uh, what we need is consistency from James Harden. Okay, mm-hmm. doesn't need to be thirty point James Harden, uh, but if you can get consistent pressure, get to the line, and still perform, you know, volume assist, you're you're going to do great. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is going to need to be able to match Fred VanVleet's production. Uh, and then it's going to come down to really three people. Um, it's going to come down to Tobias Harris, George Niang, and Danny Green. And and people are wondering why. Well, that's because those are the three players that the Sixers have to employ correctly, and to a lesser extent, Furkin, um, Korkmaz, to spread the floor. They are going to need to hit their shots to create the lanes for both James Harden and Tyrese Maxey to drive to, to make the Toronto Raptors collapse hard on D so that they can get even more open looks and then control the tempo of the game. If they allow Toronto to pack the middle and, and force bad shots and control the tempo by out-rebounding and controlling the paint, 
Uh, it'll be a tough sled, but I think, you know, Joel Embiid can get in 28 points per game per series, 13 boards, three to four assists, block and a half, two blocks per game. Uh, Tobias Harris, 18 points needs to happen. Tyrese Maxey, 18 points needs to happen. Um, there you go. That's that's the keys. If they do that, uh, they walk away 5-1 mm. uh, in, in a six game. So that means they win an extra game. Like, that's how good they could be. If they don't do that, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of questions in Philly. The five uh, ones a joke for some people, by the way. It's an inside joke. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> that's very fair. Now, let, let's flip it a little bit. Let's flip it a little bit. How can the Raptors win this series? What are the holes in the Philadelphia 76ers that you think this Raptors team can exploit in order to, to, to pull the upset off? Uh, they need to they need to attack whomever is going to be playing in place of Matisse Thibel. If it's Danny Green, uh, you want to get switches on him, and so he's actually on the point of attack. Have Fred Van Vliet try to carve him up, get to the line, get him in early foul trouble, make Doc Rivers go to the bench. Uh, if you do that, and like it sounds, it sounds so minute. But if you do that and you mess up the the actual rotational flow of the Sixers in Toronto, you'll have a lot easier job of controlling the tempo. That's really what Toronto needs to do. And that's why Scotty Barnes is a great fit for Toronto, because he allows them to to actually control the tempo, uh, you know, when he's able to take a rebound and go full length of the floor or do a great defensive stop with a contested shot and actually poke the ball just enough to get to carry Trent, who gets an outlet pass, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's really the weak point of the Sixers that they need to open up with in terms of attacking uh, when they when they have the ball on offense. And then the second one would be to get Pascal Siakam uh, off of Joel Embiid or off of Tobias Harris if they're guarding him, get him switched up on Tyrese Maxey or James Harden. I know a lot of people say, oh, James Harden is a great defender in the post. Like, you know, six one half dozen of the other. Pascal Siakam is still the night matchup nightmare on that. And then really the key is getting him on Tyrese Maxey. Uh, exploit those two mismatches, and and Toronto can easily walk out the first round. Um, now I'm I'm with you on that. Now I have to ask though, because um, we we've talked a little bit about James Harden. What do we think that he looks like in this series? I know that you said that you, you've hinted already at, at Pascal Siakam potentially being uh, an X factor. I would say James Harden. I know it's very rare that you pick like a, a star player. I think both of us are doing our picking star players on opposing teams as X factors, which feels odd uh, in any season, in any series. But um, what does James Harden look like and what can he truly be? Like, do we believe that he, I mean, in the last Raptors game, and, and I think a lot of people's maybe opinions changed on what the series can look like considering that last game. And and James Harden has now, you know, over a week of rest, basically, um, until the playoffs begin or a week of rest until the playoffs begin. Um, so that could help. But I, it's clear that his hamstring is, prob- is bothering him despite reports that it's not. He just wasn't able to get past 
guys as slow as Ken Birch, right? <laughs> and, and I mean, if we're talking about how quick the Raptors are, and that's something that James Harden has been, you know, James Harden ability to punish bigs <laughs> who switch on to him because of that first step that he has, how quick he is, uh, and how he can just sort of get to the rim, even though, like, we're not talking about James Harden as though he's, you know, Ty Lawson. I don't know why I picked him as a quick guard, but that's the first person <laughs> that came to my mind. But um, uh, it, it's still that first step is clearly not there. And if you're... Precious Achua is one thing. He's incredibly athletic, but still you would think that with a mismatch there that James Harden should be able to exploit that and he wasn't able to. And then you bring in Ken Birch, which I can't think of a guy on the Raptors that's slower than him at this point. Uh, and James Harden still not able to exploit that. What do we think he truly has in the tank for this series right now to to punish this, this Raptors team? Um, you know, the it's a good question on the hamstring. Having the extra time off and getting treatment is going to help. Um, the the bigger the bigger issue I have with the hamstring is it's really affecting his three point shooting as well. Mm. He can't get the step back that he's noted for, but he can't even get a regular. What is he like thirty two, thirty four, or something? Uh, he's like that, right? uh, he's he was twenty seven percent closing out the uh, the in April, thirty percent in March. Um, and and the good news is he's been able to uptake his facilitation. Uh, as as he's gotten a little bit more control of the offense. But if he doesn't get to the line, you know, probably eight to 10 times per game, he's not going to hit that 27, 28 points. Uh, he's going to be stuck at 22, which is, you know, surprising what he averages. Um, and, and, you know, either he gets an extra three a game or he gets to the line three more times to four more times a game. Um, other than that, like, I, I hope he's resting. Uh, I hope they have 24-hour masseuse on call. You know, get those Swedish hot rocks, uh, get some essential oils, you know, um, get some water. And and please, for the life of me, uh, don't partake in the Toronto nightlife. Toronto is a very underrated city. You We're know, opening it, up. It's, got, it's, it's got some great spots. Um, don't go. You know, Do offer it. takeout. Do it, James. Do it, James. <laughs> um, and I want to. It's hard. Uh, this is not even in the rundown, but I just I, I like picking your brain. I I think that you're you're one of my favorite people to talk basketball with. Um, how do the Raptors stop Joel Embiid? What is their best plan of action in not not stopping? Because you're never going to stop Joel Embiid. He is you know one of the front runners for MVP this season. But what do you do to slow him down? The Raptors have had more success than any other team. Um, in doing that over the last few years, what have they done and what can they do in this series? Um, Larry Bird had a great quote on uh, Charles Barkley. Somebody was like, hey, how did you handle Charles Barkley? And he was like, we just let him run himself tired. <laughs> just let him run tired. Just let him run tired. He, we let him be the point center. Like he wants to do it, goad him into doing it, right? <laughs> um, and and people, I mean, you're chuckling, you're laughing, but really, it is like you want to stimulate Joel and B to uh, go after that star moment every time, right? Um, that like the the one iconic one that I saw because it literally had all of the Sixers fans gasping for breath. He gets a pass off the top of the key puts it down on the three-point line, but then his foot slips and he he slides forward. And then we're all collectively holding our breath because that's a non-contact. 
and, you know, hey, here he is playing in the playoffs. If you can make him be the hero, you're going to tire him out. That's, you know, when people say he gets gaffed. Um, and, and you know, so it's like, do you run the risk of doing that and he goes off for 40? You know? But the next game, he only goes for 22, and you steal that game. Like, what do you do there? But, yeah, you run him tired because the, the more tired he is, the less engaged he is defensively. Um, that's what I would do if I was Nick Nurse. Uh, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Um, and we've seen him sort of do that. We kind of seen him tire out also as series go along. Um, and it'll, it'll be really, the Raptors are probably the best conditioned team in the league just because Nick Nurse plays everybody 45 minutes a game. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how that kind of, plays out against a team like the, the the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm also really fascinated by this Raptors versus Sixers matchup because for probably the entire season, Raptor fans have been just bemoaning how um, thin they are uh, and just, you know, hating how there's no bench. And <laughs> at the trade deadline, the Raptors get Thaddeus Young, who's an additional player, and it feels like the Sixers gave up a, a good chunk of their depth uh, to get uh, James Harden, and it feels like the Raptors might have lucked into the one team that is as thin as they are. <laughs> they don't have the same yeah. issues as some, like, you know, the Celtics, I think, are, are a much deeper team. That's kind of what sets them apart from a team like the Raptors this season. Um, and, and it just feels like the Raptors have lucked into the one series where it's not like, oh, we're too thin against this team. We're not going to stand a chance because it's kind of looking at the Sixers. That's what it looks like right now. Yeah, you know, the the biggest thing that will be an indicator on, on how well we'll be able to adapt and if we'll have depth is Shake Milton. Um, you know, prior to getting Tyrese Maxey, Shake was in the Tyrese role. He was supposed to be the guard in the future, being groomed uh, for, at the very minimum, a six-man role. And I'm actually, I actually like um, Shake. I, I think he's a, a phenomenal combo guard. Um, but... He's listed as the backup point guard because Maxi and Harden is playing, and and we now understand him now more as a two guard than a point guard. Right. Um, you know Isaiah Joe, maybe. It'll be I, fun to see, but yeah, okay, I, let's get into let's get into the X factor. Let's get into the X factor it is, here. It is so thin and depressing. I'm not going to lie. It really is like going through any any of these teams bunches. It's just like, all right, let's let's get into the X factor. Let's yeah. get into who matters in this series, who may matter in the series. You mentioned that your X factor is Pascal Siakam. Can I get you to to tell me why? Uh, yeah, so it actually goes on the line of uh, running Joel tired. Um, mm-hmm. If if you guys go out and and Pascal makes a concerted effort uh, to sprint up and down, back and forth and make Joel run after him, he would set the tone. And if he can actually set that tone uh, in game one, and and everybody follows that where it's just 110% uh, every minute that you're on the floor, that that is a, a powerful galvanizing, you know, unifying experience like i speak from personal experience on that uh to have an entire team move in one direction and i think it starts with pascal siakam i think a lot of people give fred van vliet credit and he deserves credit uh but he kind of hits that emotional high but he's not the emotional leader 
the, the weight is with Pascal. He comes out, he sets the tone. Um, he kawaii's them, I think, as one person says that he needs to kawaii them. I don't like putting kawaii in a verb. <laughs> Doesn't make sense to me, but that type of energy. Give him yeah. that type of energy, the team will follow. Um, and more importantly, he needs to communicate with Chris Boucher and Precious Achua when he's on the bench. I, I, he's going to be tired, but he needs to be able to tell him what he would be doing, keep the communication going anytime that there's a timeout, uh, you know, just so that they know that they're always locked in and focused on what they need to do. Um, so that's why he's my X Factor for Toronto. Okay. And then final question. Final question. I'm going to need you to give me a prediction. Um, I said today on my show, I, I think this can be a 4-1-4-1, right? Like either the Sixers win 4-1 or the Raptors win 4-1, and it all comes down to shooting. Uh, that was me doing like the best I can do to not answer the question. Um, I see the Sixers 4-2. Okay. Uh, I, I, I just think Joel Embiid is going to be able to give that concerted effort every game in the opening series. Uh, we'll see what it's like yeah. down the road, but I think the opening series, I think Joel will carry them through. I think James Harden with the extra rest will, will, will give a pop for a game or two, maybe uh, carry him over with the 25 and 14 game. Uh, but more importantly, uh, I think Tyrese Maxey is actually the real deal here. Uh, he's their best shooter right now. Uh, and I Lights think, out. yeah, and, and I Incredible. think he he is uh, he has a mindset that can actually rise to a bigger stage, so to speak, uh, especially with the vets like uh, Danny Green and it's here. So, yeah, I, I, I think for two, I think it's going to be close. And, and I probably say uh, every game, but maybe one is single digit. OK. Very, very close. Now, I hope the Raptors don't give out any championship rings because we saw what Danny Green can do when that happens uh, in these series. So keep those away. Um, and thank you so much for joining me uh, to talk Raptors Sixers series. And tell everybody right. where they can find you. Um, I'm on Twitter Spaces. So if you have the Bird app, it's at Hoop Spaces, H-O-O-P-S-P-A-C-E-S, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Uh, we do the rundown for the entire league. Uh, did 150 shows uh, this NBA season. It's insane. That's amazing. I mean, that's incredible. And this is a run that started on Clubhouse, right? Like you guys were doing shows uh, on Clubhouse before coming over to Twitter. So your run has been has been very long. Um, and it, it's always fun to join in on those spaces. And uh, I think you do a phenomenal job of moderating them. And um, there's lots to learn about lots of different teams. So I do recommend joining in 10 a.m. It's it's great. It's it's great to have in the morning, too, as I'm doing work. It's perfect timing. Um, and so, yeah, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Dishes and Dimes. Thank you for having me. I'm, I, I Look, I thank the world of all of you. Thank, thank you. you. Keep doing what you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to Chris. You can follow him at Hoop Spaces and be sure to check out 
the spaces that he hosts Monday through Friday at 10 a.m., along with the various team spaces as well. It's always great basketball talk. And thank you for tuning in to the Sixers rendition of our playoff preview. Here at Dishes and Dimes, we're going to give you the Raptors perspective all week long, so be sure to check that out. <laughs>